Hello and welcome to University Challenged with me, your host, Tony Kent. When expectations for you to go to university are high and you're clearly capable, how do you tell your family that you want to work in tech instead? And how do you find a way in? Rose Saeed is a technical cloud architect and is also the co-founder of the Young Adult Tech Foundation, which helps people aged 16 to 18 who have struggled within the education system to successfully explore the world of technology careers. In this episode, Rose explains the importance and value of being honest about what you want and the crucial role that life skills play for young people when navigating the adult world. She also shares how, with her co-founder Richard, their foundation is helping to address a wide range of challenges, from lack of access to IT careers knowledge through to educating teachers about the world of IT and the skill shortage that impacts employers today. Hello, Rose. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Thank you for agreeing to be on the University Challenge podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Um, thank you for being here. No, thank you. Honestly, um, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Excellent. It is. It is going to be amazing. Um, now. The first question I ask everybody for the listeners today and the listeners to come, could you share your full name and what it is that you do today? Yep. So my name is Rose Saeed and I'm currently working as a technical cloud architect in a public sector. Um, I've been here for, I'd say, two to three years now. And um, as an architect, essentially, I design solutions uh, to meet the requirements for the business. So imagine what an architect does, you know, when designing houses or buildings, except that I do that in the cloud, um, yeah. using providers such as Amazon Web Services. Um, so alongside that, I also work as a cybersecurity tutor. Yeah. So my first time, I examine papers. Um, this is for level two cybersecurity. So I assist yeah. them. Um, and that's what I do in the evenings on my free time. Okay. And alongside that... <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to start off my own foundation. Um, so this wow. is alongside my co-founder, Richard. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a tech foundation, it's tech-based. And yep. um, Rich and I, in fact, we work together on a day-to-day basis. So, right. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so technical cloud architect. And I love the way that you describe that you're like an architect that might design a building, but you're doing that in the cloud um, <laughs> that's the most kind of um easy to understand description i've heard of that so thank you um <laughs> and then cybersecurity teacher yes so i work yeah. with a tutor and tutor. Um, I, yeah. yeah so the papers that they submit under their course is what i would mark as well and then supporting them alongside that wow and then the foundation is the Young Adult Tech Foundation, is that right? Yeah, that's the one. Right, okay. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that in a bit. So you've got three things on the go, um, none of which sound like they're just, you know, just something that you you, you could do with your eyes closed. Um, what were you like or what are your memories of secondary school? Did that give a glimpse into what you might become? Oh, wow. Um, so that's going back over, I'd say, five years now. And you know what? It's actually quite funny because 
you know, every time as a kid, I would speak to someone who was older than me discussing their school days. They always gave that expression of, you know, that was ages ago or back in the days. But yeah. it's crazy that now I can relate. Um, you know, time just flies. Mm-hmm. Um, secondary school, I'd say, was honestly my favourite. Um, yeah. I was also lucky enough to go to the sixth form within the same school and with yeah. the same friends. Um, and, you know, when I look back at school, I think it's mostly the memories with my friends and, you know, those favourite teachers that stand out for me. Yeah. Because when you're in school, the situation is like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I've got this coursework to do or this exam to yeah. prepare for. Whereas after years, you don't remember it. You know, you only remember the happy memories, like sneaking out at lunch to get burgers with your friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very cool memory. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was very lucky to have supportive teachers. Um, I had a key stage staff member as well at the time, Miss Allen. No matter what career you wanted to go into, if you wanted to change halfway, course, bad day, anything, she was just a gem. She was so supportive, always wow. there to pick you up always great and I think that was the case with a lot of teachers in my school um you had more of like a friendship mental type relationship as opposed to your typical teacher and student relationship this is a very cool school it was it was amazing honestly it was it was brilliant and um definitely helped me get to where I am today so um whereabouts in the country did you go to school so that was in West London. Um, okay. basically, yeah. And is it, um, was it a state comprehensive or a private school? I don't know. It was a state school. State school. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you left sixth form five years ago. Yeah, that was about roughly five years ago. Wow. Um, you packed a lot in <laughs> in that <laughs> short space of time. What, um, what did you study at sixth form? At sixth form, I studied uh, literature, photography, chemistry and biology. I dropped chemistry in year 12 at the end of it. Uh, I just pursued the other three. And they were more focused around the degree that I wanted to study as well. So um, went quite well alongside it. Yeah. What degree were you hoping to study for or planning to study for? Yeah, so I was going to study diagnostic radiography. Um, wow. I applied to a few universities to study that as well. Yeah. Um, but that did not go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a very specific choice. What um, made you think of that? Yeah, so initially I wanted to get into oncology. Um yeah. That was something growing up that I was very interested in, you know, watching these shows, seeing these medical shows. Yeah. It was really interesting, something that I definitely wanted to get into. However, when I had my first placement at um, UCL Hospital, so that mm-hmm. was Houston, um, I that's when I discovered radiography and that's when I was like, okay, this is what I want to get into. Um, and from there, it's just been very specific. What do I do to get into it? How do I get into it? What do I need to study for it? What's going to benefit me? um so yeah wow it's and do you know it's really interesting that you mention the kind of role of television in that because a number of guests that have come on the podcast have said it was from watching like legal shows that they wanted to become a solicitor or watching a documentary about the city that they wanted to go into finance so it's fascinating to sort of hear even if you don't have somebody that's in that sphere within your family life or friendship circle, um, television has has an influence. 
I think, yeah, to be honest, television has the biggest influence. I mean, I was watching Suits. I've been watching Suits lately. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a law show. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, wow, I want to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to become a lawyer? Um, <laughs> watching medical shows. Oh, I want to become a surgeon. I want to become a doctor. You know, yeah. it, it has a massive influence. But at the same time, I do think a lot of these roles have been, oh, what's the word? Um, they're not what it seems. I mean, yeah, glamorized. Not, yeah, definitely glamorized. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Right. Now, you've gone to UCL, done a placement, thought, oh, yeah, radiography's for me, diagnostic radiography. Um, you've applied to universities. Yes. Um, you didn't go, though. You didn't go. What happened? Yeah, so, I mean, the best way to explain it, um, I'm the first child, the first yeah. grandchild, the first niece. Ah. So expectations were through the roof. Um, yeah. And especially coming from like an Asian household as it was, university yeah. was like a must. There's no discussions. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was due to go to university. I applied, um, did my A-levels, everything to study diagnostic radiography. Yeah. But the problem was um, after UCLH, I had two more hospital placements, but these yeah. were actually lasting longer. So these were two weeks each. Yeah. Um, to be quite frank, I did not enjoy it at all. Um, in the sense that I wanted to do something where I wouldn't be on my phone all day, you know, something yeah. different every so often. So when I was on placement, I mean, forget mm -hmm. me, the actual radiographer was just glued to her phone 90% of the time. Ah. And yeah, and it wasn't just her, it was something that I noticed across, you know, the hospitals. There just wasn't much change, it was the same thing every day. Yeah. Um, so that really, really put me off. And yeah. I think around that age, I also realized that tech was my preference and my passion. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember as a kid, I once got into trouble with a head teacher. I don't yeah. even remember how, but I managed to somehow suppress the, like the firewalls of the network and shows yeah. on the school computers. <laughs> um, let's just say my mum got a very lengthy phone call that day. Yeah. But, I think that as well as like my environment really guided me towards IT um, yeah. because my family, my mum works in IT. My yeah. dad has his own IT training company. My aunt works as a project manager in IT. Uh, my aunt worked in IT, you know. So growing up, I was, it was a techie household. Yeah. Um, so that really, really influenced my decision as well. So, um, I love what you had to say there about school and it's fascinating. Um, Obviously, I went to school a very long time ago. What, uh, the equivalent of what we did was in our computer science classes. We had to use like television screens as our monitors, and you could you could tune them in to to like ITV. So we would put young doctors on in the middle of class, and teachers would get angry. Um, <laughs> and and still today, we have kids that are using VPNs at school yeah. yes. um, or are. Um, breaching firewalls and, and <laughs> I think that showcases though uh, a gap in that you are very technically astute um, even before you've completed your education <laughs> um, so I love this I'm happy that you had that experience did the um, school uh, sort their firewall out after that experience they definitely did. They did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is it. You're a, is it a, a white hat? You were a friendly hacker? You were, <laughs> yeah. Um, a white hat. <laughs> yeah. So 
you have said, right, tech is my passion. What happened when you announced that you were not going to go to university? Oh, God. Um, We were in Turkey at the time, so we were on a holiday. Um, It was a happy time before I wrote it. (laughs) So we just came off the beach. Um, I did the unthinkable of, you know, sitting my mum down, explaining to her um, and just asking her to support my decision in not pursuing uni. Yeah. And showing her what I want to do in tech instead. Yeah. Um, initially, oh God, why don't you want to go to uni? Why don't you want to do this? What about your, you know, I'd say five years ago, there wasn't as much in terms of apprenticeships or graduate schemes as there are now. Now I mm. think it's more out there and more, whereas before, how do I explain this? Before there was that, oh, you know, people who fail will go for apprenticeships, people who fail will go for this or mm. that university so I think she was um a bit hesitant because she didn't want me to be looked upon in that way yeah what I can say is that since then that woman has honestly been my rock she's supported me stood up for me against everyone you know seeked opportunities for me roots for me networked with everyone she could think of to just you know what's best Mm. for my daughter how can she get into this how can she become successful in tech and Mm. I owe everything to her you know I genuinely wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for my mum and her guidance and her getting these opportunities for me Um, so yeah oh that's that's so like great to hear um what was your first step then uh where did it yeah how did you get your foot in the technology door yeah um two words my mum honestly I remember there were like days where I was so exhausted that I could barely open my eyes but you know she'd persist on waking me up at six wake up Rose start studying start you know finding your route what do you want to do what do you want to get into how do you get into it and if it wasn't for that I would not have the knowledge required to be where I am today Mm. um and at the same time, I was studying a course in IT within cloud computing, um, as that had just become the demand as well. Um, and my trainer, um, his name was Andrew Beldine. He was just next level. He was the best. And um, in fact, he was the one who actually named me as a recommendation for a firm who took me in and trained me. Um, yeah. yeah, so I was with that firm for about two years. Mm-hmm. I went on to a scheme similar to a graduate scheme where they trained me for about two, three months um, yeah. and then placed me in the job. And from there, I've just been working my way up. Um, and and they, what kind of things do you design then? Yes. I, I'm intrigued so, by that. So for right now, so I'm working in cloud computing. Mm-hmm. Um, so cloud computing is just, basically providing IT resources over the internet mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, buying um, your own physical data center and servers. Yeah. Um, so you have access to everything that you need, essentially, on the internet. Mm. Um, and Amazon Web Services, what I got certified in, um, that's one of the platforms yeah. where they yeah. provide, you know, on-demand cloud computing. Mm. So what I do, for example, on a day-to-day basis, um, there will be a customer or a business requirement Rose, I need to build this in the cloud. I need it to be scalable. Um, you know, I need you to provision me with the equivalent of, a, you know, like a data center or something yeah. so that I 
store all my data in. I can make sure that, you know, it's fully backed up. If it goes down, there's no issue. There's no outage. There's no downtime. It still works, you know. So that's what I work towards. That's what I work alongside um, my developers and development lead towards designing something that would work for the requirement and that would meet their requirements. Mm. Um, so this is what I do essentially on a day-to-day -day basis. It's amazing. It's something new every week. I'm constantly learning. And yeah. the best thing with cloud is you have to constantly learn because if you don't learn, there's a new service out every week and you're just going yeah. um, I mean, the cloud that I studied like three, four years ago compared to the cloud now is completely crazy. It's two different things. It's become so much more advanced now yeah. that I have to sit in my free time and read, okay, what does this mean? How does this link to that? Yeah. Because it's just so much more advanced. And how did you find learning the language of technology? Because just in that like little piece there, we talk about provisioning and outages and downtime and, and something I've kind of, I guess, came to learn in the tech industry industry if I could say that one word is that it does have a language of its own did that did, did you feel like uh you had to learn new concepts or was that classic conversation around your family kitchen table <laughs> no there was um it was definitely something new um I remember when I started off I did a introductory course in python yeah and it was after that course, I decided, right, I am not suitable for development. I will never, ever in my life go near development. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I cannot do languages. It's not me. Yeah. I work with these developers, um, side by side, you know, designing everything. Does this work? Would you be able to provision this? But yeah. for me, it's more a case of, okay, what services are required to meet the requirement? Yeah. Um, how do I obtain it? Do I have access to it? Would this work? Is there yeah. zero percent, you know, downtime? Yeah. Can my developers code this? Can they provision it? Is it one hundred percent, you know, foolproof everything? So yeah. for me, more the designing and then working alongside the developers who make sure that we are able to provision it. Yeah. So luckily, so far, I have not been required to use my Python skills. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely something handy. Yeah. And um, what did you or what was your experience kind of coming in? To the tech world so there's lots of um initiatives that are designed to bring more young people into tech more women into tech people yeah. from different um ethnic backgrounds did you find you felt it was harder for you or or that there, there were any barriers in your way um there was quite a few so firstly when I first joined the world of tech, um, I had to move out at the same time because this uh, scheme was based up north in Manchester. All right. So, um, not only was I in a new world, I was also, yeah. you know, living out and learning how to live out. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was it was quite difficult in the sense that I had my training, I completed a few certifications, um, yeah. but from there it was straight into the deep end, as in. Mm. That's it. You got your training. Go now. Went yeah. into the job, and it, it was a difficult situation because you know I didn't have the typical background knowledge of people who work there. I didn't have the years of experience. It was something brand new to me. Whereas mm. a lot of people, they expect you to come with the knowledge. They expect you to come with the experience. They expect you to to 
you know, just know what you're doing with a click of your fingers. But it's like, mm. oh, hold on. Can we just pace a little bit down? Can you show me how to do this? Just show me one time. I'll do it from yeah. then. But you yeah. don't have the advantage of doing that because it's so fast paced. There's so yeah. much, especially in the public sector. Um, and I think that's what I struggled with initially, the how fast paced everything was. Um, yeah. And just managing everything and learning at the same time and making sure that what I'm doing isn't wrong. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And how did you, um, because I guess like for people that do the university experience, lots of them uh, leave home and move, but you have, I guess in many instances, and I I didn't go to uni, hence the podcast, but there there are um, pastoral kind of services there to support you, but you have left home, moved very far away from where you've grown up and are beginning your working life and living as an adult so how did you cope um so at the time I moved out I was actually I had just turned 18 so uh yeah I was I was I was still young I was quite young um but once again this actually leads back to my mum and my upbringing um so we were very close-knit I would help her with my brother my younger brother's you know, Rose, can you help me do this? Can you pick them up from school? You know, can you do the laundry? Can you do the cooking? She would teach me how to cook. Yeah. She taught me how to do the laundry. She taught me how to clean. She taught me everything that I needed in life. And I think yeah. growing up, I didn't have... Um, growing up, oh, well, how do I explain this? My mum was very active in the sense that she taught me a lot of life skills. Yeah. Um, Rose, you know, when you get out in the world, this is how you do this. This is how you do your taxes. This is how you do that. So she prepared me a lot for what would come. And if it wasn't for that, when I moved out, I wouldn't Mm. have, I wouldn't have been able to survive after a week. I would have came back home. But because I had been taught from a very young age, this is how you do the laundry. This is how you look after yourself. This is how you cook. This Mm. is what you buy when you go shopping. This is how you money manage yourself. I mean, even till now, you know, I get the occasional text, Rose, are you okay with your finances? You know, are you managing it okay? Are you putting away in savings? Are yeah. you this? Are you doing that? So there's been a lot of guidance throughout my life from my mum. And that's definitely gotten me once again to where I am today. Yeah. I think um, let's imagine that, and I know you won't want to imagine this, but let's, let's imagine that your mum wasn't able to teach you those things um how much of that do you get taught or do you remember being shared with you at school oh (laughs) absolutely nothing I mean Mm. um no no in school we weren't taught you know life skills you you don't get taught how to pay your taxes you don't get taught Mm. what happens when you move out how you do your laundry how you do this or that um And I think that's something that's really at a disadvantage when it comes to schools, that they don't teach you these things. Because, you know, as soon as you hit university, a lot of people move out. But that's the next stage from school. But you're not teaching them what that next stage is, you know. You're making them come in a uniform so that they're dressed okay every day and they're dressed professionally. But what good is that going to do for them when they move out? Um, If I didn't have my mum's guidance, I honestly... I don't know. I would have probably relied heavily on Google. Um, yeah. But school, yeah, schools, I think, are are massive disadvantage when it comes to this. Mm. 
And I think um, uh, I, I think the money management part and the tax thing really stands out for me there because I do know people that left school and then said, what do you mean? I have to pay tax. And you're like, well, how do you think our services <laughs> operate? Um, yeah. And, and like you say, that whole budgeting, money management, I guess you've got enough to cope with when you leave home without everything else being a surprise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me about your foundation. Yes. Um, so my foundation, um, it's actually quite close to the heart for me. Um, I have a close family member who has neurological difficulties. He has mild autism. Yeah. But the problem yeah. with him is, you know, he's like every single one of us on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Have a conversation. He's amazing. Practically brilliant. Show him yeah. how to do yeah. something. He gets it straight away. But yeah. he struggles a lot theoretically. Um, yeah. so he's finished school now. And the difficulty I was having is finding an apprenticeship or just any route where they won't rely heavily on academic results, but they'll yeah. actually sit the person down, give them a chance, see what they know themselves. Yeah. Um, and I remember discussing this with Richard. Um, and, you know, we realised how many thousands of young adults there are just like him who won't have that warm hug where someone is actively pursuing something on their behalf or, you know, just like someone they can go to. A lot mm. of them are stuck in between the gap of leaving school and what to yeah. do next in their life. Um, so that's what brought us to our foundation. Um what we aim to do is essentially bring change to the lives of young adults, mainly age 16 to 18, mm-hmm. um, school leavers who would have challenges, be it neurological or educational, or even just adults who want you know, a career in tech, but they don't have the direction or the connections to make that first step. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a simple case of, you know, raising awareness about the tech industry as that's what our future is. I mean, mm. majority of the current jobs are somewhat tech related. I've got, my friend who studied medicine mm. and I remember the other day on Snapchat, she sent me a snap and she was doing Python. And I said, ah. Hold on, why, why are you coding? And she goes, Oh, you know, it's part of my job. I have to learn data analysis. And we do that through coding. And it's like, wow, you know, tech is really everywhere, but we, we just don't see it. We don't have the awareness around it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what we've been doing for the past six months. Um, so far, we've gotten into a network um, that has 29 schools under them. We've wow. also partnered with a college that has over 2,000 students. We've mm-hmm. partnered with some amazing, amazing companies who really want to help us. Um, so it's been an amazing journey so far. I'm quite stressful. <laughs> yeah. I remember there was um, the Jubilee weekend and yeah. um, Richard, bless him, he was just working through it on the foundation as opposed to, you know, yeah. just joining the street parties or just sitting down and watching telly, uh, telly like anybody else would so what um ambitions do you have for the foundation I know you're very early stages have you got a sense of what kind of legacy you want you and Richard want to create with that definitely so in terms of what we want from this is we want to raise awareness towards what the world of tech is and we want to help as many young adults as we can i mean the schools that we've gone into so far mm-hmm. some of the schools don't even have an it department these children are not having it lessons uh-huh. uh, and these are private schools by the way wow. let alone let alone public sector and you know 
that that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to, we've had a couple of presentations where, for example, we'll make it interactive. We'll have a game of family fortunes. Okay, guys, yeah. who do you think are the richest companies? Who are the richest people? And what's yeah. that? List? Over half of that list relates to tech. They relate to IT. Yeah. And the students get shocked. They're like, wait, what? And, you know, talking about, for example, when you get your first job, what's your salary compared to if you get your first job in IT? IT mm. brings or 10, 20K extra. And they're like, mm. wait, what? And um, I think another advantage that we have with this foundation is the world right now, society has become very money orientated, you know? Yeah. How do I live the Kylie Jenner lifestyle? How do I live yeah. billionaire lifestyle? How do I buy this bag? How do I buy these Gucci shoes? This, that. Yeah. So yeah. money is what they're going after. You know, you see less people getting into nursing, less getting into doctoring, you know, getting into lawyer, um, law mm. whereas then want to see okay where's the money how can I get the money quickest um mm. and IT brings that tech brings that but they just don't have that awareness so that's what we want to do um in terms of a legacy we want to leave behind we want to be able to help hundreds and thousands of young adults you mm. know formalize their career their route do I want to get into tech okay how do I get into it what happens when I leave school if I don't have my grades how do I get into mm. an apprenticeship we mm. want to be that older sibling, that older friend, that person who helps them refine their career, essentially. Yeah, and I, I really think, um, it, like you say, focusing on that kind of how do you make money um, for the students at that age, I do think is it is important in that um, if you have young people who... Uh, can't see how they will ever be able to afford a house or to have a or to learn to drive or and I think like you say if your world is well the people that are rich are like the Kardashians or families that are already wealthy well what's your route you're like how do I what I have to be like a singer or an influencer or a boxer or a footballer Um, I love that you're saying well there is a route and you don't have to have Bill Gates's brain. Um, yeah. And, and, and how do you, I was sort of thinking about, so you've done that initial, this is the kind of, if you want the lifestyle, you know, these are the different options for you. How do you break down the job roles that are possible? Yeah. So um, in terms of, the foundation what we do with these schools we have a step-by-step process so initially for mm-hmm. example we'd go in we'd give a massive presentation um we'd have interactive games like i said family fortunes etc yeah. you know just to wait um raise that initial awareness around the world of tech yeah uh, in that we'd also you know guys name me some you know jobs that are in the tech industry yeah. and you would find that 90 percent of them do not know anything apart from your typical geek who sits in front of a computer with a beer in his hand and does typing. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many more jobs, you know, you've got project management, you've got scrum, you've got people who work in agile, you've got so many things. You've got architecture, what I work in, where you don't need no programming to an extent. Um, But there's just no awareness. There's so many new jobs they don't have awareness to. So, you know, we break that down in the presentation from there, yeah. we have a careers day. So come on over, you know, speak to us. Well, what do you know about? Okay, this is, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Do you need more yeah. information on this? This is my email, reach out. 
you know, yeah. we have personal conversations with them, um, you know, reach out to us. We'll, we'll help you. We'll send you links. We'll send you more information. We'll send you guidance. Mm -hmm. From there, we have interview stages where we, for example, we'll prepare the students for interviews. Um, you know, this is how you sit in an interview. This is what is expected from an interview. We have yeah. work placements available. So we've partnered with some amazing companies who are willing to take students in and, you know, give them an experience in the world of IT for, let's say, two, three days for a week. Yeah. Um, and as well as that, one very important thing that we learned through the process and are now doing mm. um, is holding teachers' conferences. So a lot of these teachers, they are quite outdated in terms of their knowledge regarding the world of IT. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, like I said earlier, a lot of schools don't even have it. So... What we want yeah. to do is hold conferences for these teachers and say, look, this is how advanced everything's become. This is what tech does now. Yeah. And well that, you know, have like work experience days for the teachers themselves. Um, yeah. so they can go in and see what the world of tech is right now. Yeah. Um, so that's how we're battling, um, you know, just raising awareness towards these are all the jobs available. You know, you don't want to get into programming. That's fine. Yeah. You can make the money elsewhere. You don't yeah. want to do this? That's absolutely fine. You can do this, you know. Um, so, yeah. That's great. And I love that it, there's, because I'm sort of picturing that in my mind, because you've got the gap of, like you say, if you're um, a teacher and you've spent your entire career in the education system, so you've gone to uni, you've studied, then you have become a teacher and you've not worked at a private sector organisation. See, so you, you couldn't be blamed for not knowing exactly. how... A tech co-works so you've got a gap there that you're filling you've got young people who have no exposure or connections to the tech industry so you're filling that gap because you're not going to see a project manager role on telly necessarily <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is what's next rose it's going to be like project <laughs> manager um glamorize it um and then it is that thing of, like you mentioned earlier, you said you had people who expect you to arrive with the knowledge. Well, you're bringing young people up to speed before they get to the workplace. It's it's just, um, it's awesome. Awesome. Exactly. That's exactly what we want to do. You know, we want to bring them up to speed on everything available mm. before they actually make a decision of, you know, okay, I'm going to pursue this and go into the workplace or I'm going to go to uni. I mean, you don't even need a computer science degree anymore. No, and that's... Yeah, and also, I just I mean, basically, this is just me agreeing with you for 10 minutes. Um, you've got... <laughs> there, there is a skill shortage, and yeah. organisations want to hire... Um, but they, well, they need a bigger talent pool, and they want to hire more diversely. Well, you, you need things like your foundation to get that... Um, pipeline filled it just uh, that's how that real corporate speak but I think <laughs> it is it is that thing of like if you're in a corporate and you're going oh how can I do outreach to 16 year olds well again if you've if you've been in the corporate world for your whole career uh, stepping into education and speaking that language is a challenge definitely um, okay Right. So I'm going to ask you this and you're not allowed to say my mum. What do you think has held you or put you in good stead throughout your career so far? What are the sort of character traits or things that you've done where you think, yeah, this has served me well? 
Yeah, um, to be honest, I would say my passion for tech. Yeah. Um, and that leads back to my original point, you know, the world of tech is something that's bigger than any of us can comprehend really and it will always remain that way it will always be in demand there's always a new service released um a new way to implement something a cooking method so that's that's really kept me going that's something that I'm incredibly interested in because Mm. of how much things have advanced I mean like I said earlier five years ago what I was studying compared to what I look into now it's two completely different things um and as well as that, through the foundation, through these careers days that I've been holding, you know, through these conversations, everything, we came to the realization that a lot of girls are interested in technology. They're interested mm-hmm. in to get into, in, into the field. Yeah. Um, this is something that really, really motivates me. Um, there just are not enough women in tech. I mean, yeah. in my team alone, in the office, I, I mean, I went to the office yesterday. Mm-hmm. Let's say you find... 40 people on the floor yeah about three of them will be us girls yeah. and there are about 20 to 30 men there's just yeah. not enough um I mean I think my team so in terms of our work we've got massive team and then through that we've got little breakouts of teams mm. I think my team is the only one that has two two women in it um the rest of the teams are mostly male orientated and you know that's it's not necessarily a bad thing that, you know, oh my God, there's just so much men. It's just the case of women haven't had that chance to get into it because they haven't been, you know, there hasn't been any awareness raised around the things that they can do within yeah. tech. Um, so women in tech is definitely something that's kept me going um, and definitely something that's motivated me throughout. Yeah. And um what advice would you give? So, as you say, you've, we've got a, a lack of representation when it comes to women in tech. Um, yeah. If someone, I guess maybe there's two two aspects to this because the foundation piece is really, really interesting to me. Um, but I guess, yeah, what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to follow your path, whether that's in setting up a foundation that seeks to, you know, help others or to carve out a career where they might be, you know, one of only three people in a room of 80. Yeah. Um, Well, for starters, I think the first thing I advise is, is university the only route? I mean, I'm not against university, but getting in debt for over 40 to 50K, but at mm. the end of it, you'll most likely land in a job that is the opposite of what you've studied. It just isn't <laughs> worth it. I mean, the other yeah. day I saw a post by an influencer. Um, mm. She started paying off her uni debt years back, and it, yeah. I think it got brought down to about 30K or so. Yeah. But she recently checked it, and her outstanding balance had gone up to 40K. <gasps> I mean, that's wow. crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have not gone uni because even through the COVID experience, I mean, you're paying 9K a year just yeah. to through a screen. You can't yeah. even approach your lecturer for help because yeah. they're available. That doesn't sound like it's worth it to me. No. Uh, and, you know, another thing I'd say is just seek and gain as much knowledge as you can. Don't yeah. let your problem away. Ask for as much as you can, be it mentoring, help from someone more experienced, even yeah. if you're industry you know ask for more training add to your knowledge that you already have yeah 
because that's that's what's going to help you yeah and don't stick to the day job <laughs> venture out have a side hustle you know it's so rewarding and so fun to have something on for your own that you've yeah. you know you've on you've built up from the ground even if it's not related to your job just yeah it. um so yeah fantastic um brilliant well i'll put a link in the show notes to your foundation and you're very welcome um and i mean if you've done all this in five years i cannot wait to see (laughs) what the next five years brings thank you thank you so much thanks rose